when I'm working with people who claim to have no time, one of the first things we do is say, okay, how can we free up an hour in your week next week so you have time to be strategic and to plan and to have these conversations? Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. And hello and welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders Podcast. I'm Executive Coach Terry Lepofsky. Thank you very much for joining us today. This week we're talking with a good friend of mine and a respected professional all the way from tropical Vancouver, BC, Mr. Tim Stringer, to explore the concept of embracing your inner leader. Tim Stringer, welcome to Inspiring Leaders. Oh, hi, Terry. It's great to be here today. Tim, I'm totally happy you agreed to join us here today on the show, mostly because I have a huge amount of respect for you. You and I met about seven years ago, I think, right? That sounds about right. I was leading the business sales for Apple. I used to get you to come out to provide workshops for our business customers on things like Daylight, the CRM tool that a lot of Mac users are using out there, and OmniFocus, which has got to be one of the leading productivity suites available today. Evernote, something a lot of people are familiar with. Of course, all of the incredible productivities and strategies and tactics that you are really a leading authority on. And then a couple of years ago, I took your holistic productivity course, which I got to say, it really helped me. It kind of opened my eyes to a few things and really helped me to sort of sharpen the saw, so to speak. Now, I know that you're also leading a few organizations worth noting. Most particularly, you founded Technically Simple, and that's to help people and organizations make better and more effective use of technology and thrive in these fast-paced, crazy, demanding times that we're living in today. But before we start into exploring this concept, Tim, of embracing your inner leader, if you will, I'd love to ask you one question. What leader has inspired Tim Stringer and why? My first instinct was to name one of the famous leaders, the Gandhis or the Martin Luther King Juniors. But I realized that in a way, kind of perpetrating a stereotype and not to say they weren't great leaders, their impact definitely continues to be felt. But I think there's so many people who step into leadership positions that are unrecognized, that are unknown, but still have a very profound impact. So I see leader as anyone who's willing to step up and take initiative to see a need. And that could be someone taking leadership within their family, within their company, within their country, even on a global stage. And I think one thing that's really missing is I hear a lot of talk about, I hope the company does this, or the government really needs to get their act together. You know, I'm going to make some suggestions on ways to improve and so forth. Or uh, having been involved in many teams myself, something I often hear is something along the lines of, we need to do this, we need to be better at marketing. We need to hire such and such a person. I've discovered in both scenarios, if there's like a we involved to say we we need to do this, very often not much actually happens. I think the question that everyone can ask is what can I do to fill a need within my organization? What initiative could I take using the skills that I draw upon? Maybe I'm an excellent writer. Maybe I'm very talented at speaking in front of a group. Maybe I have a way of expressing things through design, which really uplifts people. 
It's, I think, really about redefining leadership and knowing that it can manifest in many different ways. But the commonality there is it's an opportunity for people to really draw upon their talents to make an impact that I think is there to be made if they're willing to step outside their comfort zone and just realize that they actually can take the initiative. They don't necessarily need to be relying on someone higher up. And that initiative is really, I think, what will bring great fulfillment. You've actually provided an amazing segue because the question being what leader has inspired you and why, rather than looking at an individual, you're saying we need to look within. We need to all find that unique set of skills, talents, and inspiration within so that we can all bring that leader out of us. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I think there's two pieces to it. One is definitely looking within and saying, okay, what difference can I make given where I am today and the skills and the experience? What impact can I have in this moment? And that often becomes a stepping stone to maybe even having more impact in the future. The other side to that is also acknowledging people who are serving in leadership positions that maybe never get acknowledged. They might be having a huge impact. They might be really making a difference, but maybe no one's even called them a leader. Maybe people complain to them if things don't go well, but there might be praise missing when things do go well, which is maybe most of the time. So I think really acknowledgement is such a powerful tool. And I know you're very talented at that yourself, Terry, and very good about acknowledging me and I've seen you do it with other people as well. And I think that really reinforces uh, leadership abilities that exist, I think, really within everyone. We seem to be kind of coming around to this concept as a society. And I think that there's a groundswell of recognition out there. If we make ourselves better people, then our society or our organization or our family or community will be better for it. But I think that it's taken on a whole different meaning. I think that people are actually taking this to heart a lot more. A case in point, this year, May the 4th in Atlanta, Georgia, one of the premier leadership events is LeaderCast, and their theme this year is Lead Yourself. So I think that there really is a growing groundswell out there within people where they're taking this to heart much more than they ever have before. Have you noticed anything like that, Tim? Oh, definitely. There's trends in that direction. And, and I like the idea of lead yourself. But I think that statement, when you said it just now, there's a bit of a lonely feeling to it. So I really like the idea of being a leader in the context of a community, whether that community is a, the city you live in or the, the company you work for, or the organization, your family. Right. So not having that feeling of I'm going off on my own and being a leader, but really I'm taking charge of one aspect of what's really going to make this organization work. So it's a matter of stepping up and taking initiative then. Yeah, that's the essence of it. When I look at the companies that are really thriving today, I've noticed there's a commonality to those that are really excelling and that'll probably be around 20 years from now are companies that are made up of leaders, people who every day go in and take initiative. They're given responsibility. There's a lot of collaboration involved, but there's also a sense of ownership. Of It's maybe very natural within those companies to bring ideas forth and to maybe run with them individually in some cases, but in other cases, they might just be given to someone else. And that person assumes leadership even just by being seed of that idea. Okay, so let's just say uh, hypothetically here, we have a big organization. Let's just say technically simple as a big, big company. We've got people in all sorts of countries out there. We've got teams in the US and Canada. We want to encourage people to step up. We want people to actually use their unique talents to make technically simple even better. 
Is there anything that we can do as an organization to, let's just say, set the stage for that to be able to grow and manifest better? I think when hiring new people, it's it's really stating it up front that we're not hiring people to do what they're told. We're essentially hiring people who are going to show initiative. Some of those people that are being hired might be fairly inexperienced. They might be right out of school and this is their first job or something like that. But I think even at that level, there's an opportunity to take initiative, to make decisions, to make mistakes, and certainly have a mentor to catch any errors if they're serious and going to compromise the organization. But to really make that being part of the organization, this is how we work, as a way of distinguishing it from the stereotypes that people might have in their mind about what it is to be someone who works within an organization. I think you used an example previously in another discussion. You were talking about the importance of having a good purpose. Yeah, it's really, uh, I think it is a very valuable exercise, regardless of what organization someone works for, is just to get a sense of what gift they have, what's something that they have through their experience, through just who they are, that they can really make a difference. And those are things that sometimes are immediately obvious. Those are things that can be explored over time. Like one example for me is I enrolled in a yoga teacher training program. This was in 1999, uh, quite a few years ago now. And I have absolutely no intention to teach. I was just very fascinated, wanted to go deeper into the practice of yoga, and this seemed like the best place to be. And then I realized when I actually got in front of a class that I absolutely love to teach. Even after teaching one or two classes, I couldn't imagine myself not teaching. Prior to that, I didn't call myself a teacher. Well, I think one of the opportunities is to give ourselves the opportunity to try some things out, see how they feel. In the case in, in with my yoga teaching where I didn't identify myself as a teacher. Amazing. You end up finding that you've got a passion that, that you may not even have realized was there. Exactly, yeah. So that's obviously pretty important from an individual perspective. How about at the organizational perspective, Tim? Let's talk about perhaps the the sense of purpose that an organization states. Yeah, I think that's really important as well. And I think there's a lot of organizations that don't really have a clear sense of purpose. Steve Jobs, I remember him talking about the soul of the organization. I think that's one reason Apple has been so successful is there's a clear sense of identity and purpose and so forth. And then that naturally helps potential employees, members of the team, see if they're actually aligned with this organization or not. If there is no clear sense of purpose, you might get kind of a mishmash of people with different agendas and different motivations and so forth and not really have an organization that works. But if there is a clear sense of purpose, I think people are going to be naturally drawn to work at that organization. So someone might be drawn to work at Apple, and I'm sure you could relate to this one just because of something about the organization that really resonated with their own personal values and gifts and so forth. No, I think you hit it right on the head from my perspective. That's exactly why I joined Apple when I did. It just had this culture and this purpose that really kind of rang the bell for me. And it really motivated me to want to be part of that and use my unique talents and skill set to help move that agenda forward. If there is a company or an organization where things are not working, where there's a lack of a sense of community and partnership and those sorts of things, one of the first places to look is why does this organization exist? Things might have been caught up so much in the, the business of running the organization, maybe time wasn't spent to ask that question. And I think that's an essential question to ask, hopefully sooner, but later if that's what it comes to. And that might cause a shakeup within the organization. It might be mean that some people leave, some people stay. But ultimately, I think the 
organization will be much healthier as a result. I see another trend out there that I'd like to mention as well. I feel that with millennials, there really seems to be a true trend towards people wanting to work for an organization with a purpose. They want to make a difference. That whole concept of I want to matter is very strong with millennials. I don't have any hard science on this, but I would tell you, just from experience, most millennials out there, if they don't get a real clear sense of purpose from an organization, they'll just apply somewhere else. Yeah, I've seen that trend for sure. And uh, I think I'm an honorary millennial because I can't imagine working for an organization that, that I didn't have a clear sense of purpose. And, and that's one reason I left the corporate world. Even though I got some great experience, I worked in large and small companies for about 13 years in various roles. And I've never once regretted having that experience. It's really continues to serve me well. But I was also noticing that the work I was doing within the organization was not always aligned to my purpose. And maybe some of the products that were being developed weren't a good idea, in my opinion, or market-worthy, things like that. So there was definitely kind of a dissonance as a result. And once I went out on my own, I had to kind of rediscover my sense of purpose and invent anew, in a sense, when I created Technically Simple. And it didn't become immediately obvious at the beginning. I had kind of a seed of an idea, and there's there's definitely a motivation behind it. And over the years, that's become more and more clear. And I feel it's really crystal clear at this point in time. Well, I think from somebody who's gone through some of the training that you offered, I went through a virtual training course, an online training course that you offered that I mentioned earlier, the holistic productivity course. I found it incredible. It was really insightful. It was very practical. We took real-life examples and actually organized ourselves around it. Not only that, but because there was a holistic aspect to it, it really was something that had a benefit to my life overall. And I think that that really speaks to this whole concept of embracing your inner leader. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was really great to have you in the course. And I've met some incredibly amazing people all over the world through, through doing this training. And that brings it to another point, uh, something for people to consider at an organizational level is one of the terms I'm not very fond of is human resources. And it tends to diminish people to almost like a photocopier or printer or something like that. And the essence is that as humans, we're multifaceted. If we're going to be really successful in an organization, we need a certain level of success in all areas of our life. I do a, a version of the course that you attended. I've taken it into uh, some organizations, large and small. One trend that's interesting is the work that people do after completing the course, I'd say at least half the time doesn't actually relate directly to work. They might say, okay, I'm going to put more energy into my health. I'm going to get more sleep at night. I'm going to work on a relationship. I'm going to clean out my basement, whatever it happens to be. So I think it's really important in any community to really see people as the multifaceted beings that they are. And anything that kind of compartmentalizes and takes away that human element is inherently going to limit the organization. I think I'm hearing a similar theme that I heard earlier. Episode 18 of Inspiring Leaders, I interviewed Rajiv Behera. Rajiv is the CEO of a very fast-growing software company out of San Francisco called Reflective. The theme for that show was human resources to resources for humans. And he was basically making the argument that you just pointed out, we shouldn't be treating our people just like a bunch of resources out there. We really should be looking at how we can create resources to create value for people 
so that they recognize the purpose of the organization and want to bring their unique skill set out to help and contribute, carry that banner. Exactly. And there's one philosophy, I'm not sure who was the first to share this, but about treating your employees with the same dignity as you would treat your clients. Right. So it's almost like it's as important that your employees be happy and fulfilled as it is that your clients really get good value from the services. And I think that's a great mindset to be in. So Tim, what can we do for the listeners out there who are tuning in right now and they're listening to it and they're thinking, you know what, this really makes a lot of sense. This really does resonate. Is there anything that people can do to either discover their inner leader or to embrace it and work with it and build upon the strengths that they've got? Yeah, there's a few things to suggest. The, the first is really to create some space to even have those conversations, whether they're conversations with yourself or with other people. I think some of it comes through like personal private contemplation. I know I've gotten a lot of really powerful insights through my yoga and meditation practice, even just being out for a walk. So some of those come at a very individual level and others come from just talking to people and especially having people in your life that just as you do with me, Terry, that call you forth. If they see you kind of hiding in the shadows, acknowledge the gift. Maybe there's some challenge that takes place to draw people out. So I think that's one level is creating the space and having people around you. A lot of times people say they're too busy, they got too much going on. But I think if there's that much going on, it's not being able to afford not to have those moments. So letting go of some things that are maybe consuming a lot of time and energy without giving a lot of value. In a workplace setting, there's generally a lot more time spent on email and meetings than there needs to be. So when I'm working with people who claim to have no time one of the first things we do is say, okay, how can we free up an hour in your week next week so you have time to be strategic and to plan and to have these conversations? And it's generally very easy. We might just look at their calendar and say, okay, I noticed you go to this sales meeting for an hour and a half every Friday. Do you really need to be at this meeting at all? And they say, well, sort of, but I only really need to be there for 15 minutes of it. So all of a sudden they've got, just with that one simple change, they've got that time and energy freed up. And it's really just about taking one small step taking even just a small amount of initiative in one area and really using the outcome, the positive outcome of that to motivate future change versus sort of thinking too big and lofty and kind of feeling overwhelmed just by the thought. I think reflection and anticipation are vital for anybody who's leading anything, whether it's people or projects or organizations. I particularly find those people who say that they don't have time to do that sort of thing, those are the ones that need it the most. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Using our imaginations very often and just saying what good things look like that's independent from the way they are today. That often creates a sense of inspiration. People get a positive resonance to that thing that doesn't actually exist yet. Feelings they have around it can be very motivating. In holistic productivity, I call it inspired action. Right. So people are not doing something, you know, because they should be doing it or hoping to be happy one day. It's about being emotionally connected to something that's possible and being willing to take a step in that place. And it could be a small step. It could be a little uncomfortable. I think ultimately what creates what we call motivation is that sense. Just like a leader can really create a space of motivation and someone like Martin Luther King Jr. talking about how he has a dream. He really engaged the audience. There was action taken as a result of that. It wasn't necessarily what he did. It was the space that he created. He presented a vision of the world that was distinct from the way things are now in a way that it wasn't necessarily obvious how to get from A to B, but there was at least a motivation to take a step towards B. It seems almost counterintuitive to create space to become more effective 
but absolutely true. And in my experience, it's one of the most powerful things that anybody can do. So I really want to align with what you've just said. And thank you for bringing that up, because I think that that's very beneficial for anybody who's listening today. Listen, before we wrap up, Tim, I've got a couple of questions for you. And I know that you know that these were coming. First question is, what challenges do you see facing many of today's leaders? Basically, to reiterate what I was saying a moment ago about just not having enough time for contemplation, for strategy. The the analogy I like to use is they're spending a lot of time in the engine room versus being up on the bridge. If they're in that position of overseeing an entire organization, they really need to have time and space for strategy. So anything that can be done to diminish those activities like emails and meetings that may or may not bring much value in favor of just really acknowledging that they need that space to grow. And I think everybody does. Uh, it's especially important to, to those who have an organization, uh, if they're at the helm of an organization. Mm, I agree 100%. Here's my next question for you, Tim. What does inspired leadership mean to you? Uh, well, one definition of the, the word inspired and the one that I particularly like is connected to spirit, connected to purpose. So I think the most effective leaders, whether they're the head of a large organization or whether they're working in the mailroom, they're ones that are really connected to a, a strong sense of spirit. And the opposite of that is desperation. So that's really disconnected from spirit, disconnected from purpose. There's a lot pulling us in that direction of desperation. There's a lot of negativity that's out there that makes it almost the lowest common denominator. It's just so easy to fall into desperation. So I think one definition as a leader is someone who's willing to embrace that inner spirit, inner purpose, regardless of the desperation around them. And then by doing so, they give other people permission to do the same. So good to hear your perspectives on this. And I know that I'm going to get feedback from a lot of people on this particular episode because your perspectives, your thoughts on some of this and what you've been through in your own life, I think is very valuable for a lot of people that are going to be tuning in. So Tim, on behalf of everybody who's listening on the show right now, I want to thank you for being part of this. Well, thank you very much as well, Terry. It's been a pleasure and uh, acknowledgement for all the work you do, and including stepping up and actually delivering this podcast. That's definitely a, an act of leadership in itself. Thank you very much, Tim, and thank you, everybody, for listening. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who's tuned in. Take care, everybody. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you all again next time. 